Are we back? Oh, we are back. Why did Bryce mute the board? No one knows. Try the intro again. Try the intro again. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Off the Dome Sports Podcast, your favorite sports podcast where two and sometimes three sports lovers sit and give their hot takes. Off Off the the Dome. dome. I am Redfish. I'm Rebo Hustle. I'm Clown Car. And now we have some audio to come on through to this Off the Dome Sports Podcast. Rebo Hustle, how we doing? Surviving as usual. As usual. Clown car, how we doing? I'm feeling great, man. Hey. No complaints. Great, great's a way to feel. I'll tell you that much. Gotta love when you're feeling great. Glad we have the comments moving to get us in order. Uh, this is why we can't have nice things. Thank you very much. Um, you were very right about that. But just another day in paradise. Glad to be back on the pod. And uh, as always, we're going to start it off talking about the team right down the road. Just 20 minutes from here. And a team that is featured heavily behind us. With our king, Joe Burrow, the LSU Tigers. Heavily on Clown Car's head. Heavily on Clown Car's head as well. Uh, the LSU Tigers this past weekend, Saturday, a little bit of a closer matchup than we were hoping for with the Arkansas Razorbacks. However, we did pull out the win, 34-31. to 31. Clown Car, you were chomping at the bit to get in there. Uh, tell us what you thought about this past LSU weekend. I was chomping at the bit, huh? Yeah, it looked like it. Look, I, I think I think LSU played well. I think we always play down to Arkansas every time we play them, every single year. Um, and, and this week was no different. Uh, I didn't hate what I saw. Defense looked kind of slow. But the offense got got moving at some point, and, I'm, and I know I'm sitting with a, a Jaden Daniels hater, this but Jaden Daniels helped us win that game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we it was a prove-it game. We talked about that last week. Uh, I think that we proved it in the second half that we wanted to win the game. The first half was a little shaky. Great. We sound weird. Um, that might just be us. Yeah, that might just be us. We just sound weird. Let me let me try something. Let's see if this works. Let me know. Rebo, keep going. Um, so, we were shaky offensively to start. I'm really concerned that this isn't working. Um, <laughs> uh, Jaden went back to his old tricks, was very slow to read the offense, but I do think that all in all. Is it still that way? Oh, is it better? There we go. Okay. 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 Interesting. Um. What am I talking about again? You were talking about how Jaden Daniels looked like a robot. Oh yeah, he was he was slowed in the first half, and then we started executing and seeing when Malik was getting doubled. We go to our our boy BT Cruiser, B who had a T great game. Cruiser. Um, but yeah, all in all, we proved that we're uh better than middle of the pack SEC West team. I think this week coming is going to be another prove a game and if we're going to be contenders for the SEC West title or not but uh, we'll get there whenever we go over Ole Miss yeah um, my thoughts from the game first half obviously not what we wanted to see from our offense Jaden Daniels went 7 for 14 50 yards and a pick just not good at all um, but second half was almost perfect um, which I don't think can be overlooked I mean he threw Almost 100% completion percentage in the second half. Threw for 240 yards and like four four touchdowns, I believe. Like had an absolute day in the second half. 
Um, so it's the it's the tale of two Jadens, really. And that's kind of what we've seen his entire year and three games at LSU um, so far is that you're either going to get the Jaden Daniels who makes quick decisions, gets the ball downfield, and then performs really well and is somewhat of a Heisman candidate, or you get the Jaden Daniels who can't process and then we lose the game because of it. Um, which, I thought that was real interesting. That it's one of the first games that we saw both sides in the same game. Yeah, it was. Most of the time, it's it's the same Jaden Daniels game through you know game throughout. Um, unfortunately, we got the not so great one in the Florida State game, and then we got the perfect one in the Mississippi State game. Um, so we we've seen both of them this season, and then we saw both of them in the Arkansas game. Um, however, you know beyond the quarterback situation, um, I think the biggest concern for me right now with LSU is that secondary. I mean. Arkansas, while their receivers were really tall and really athletic, it's not like they have any, like, superstars uh, at the receiver position. Um, And I think all season long so far, we've seen good receivers just blast our secondary. Deuce Chestnut, Denver Harris, and Major Burns are not cutting it right now. Zaya Alexander's not cutting it right now. Um, Unfortunately, we have the situation with Greg Brooks, which obviously prayers up to Greg Brooks with everything going on with him. Um... We are seeing some positive progress with that, so we have to, of course, keep that in mind and really happy, of course. But, um, yeah, just looking at the secondary, it's just it's not what you expect out of a school that's been called DBU for years. Facts. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no lie. Thanks, Clown Car. Appreciate that. Um, any, any other points of emphasis you want to talk about specifically from that Arkansas game that you saw that is important moving forward? I think it's important for my friendship with Rebo Hustle here. That uh that we acknowledge that at some point during the game he texts in our group chat, we need to bench Jaden, we need to start Nuss. Nuss is our guy. No, so, he's not. So hear me out. I don't think Nuss is the guy. You think he's a better option though, and that's like no, he's not giving us a better chance to win any week, any day. That's not happening. So here's here's the point, is Nuss is a younger guy, has room to grow. More offensive snaps for Nuss equals more growth. How many years do you think he's going to be in college? Is he going to be a Bo Nix? He'll have another years two years, at least. Do just <laughs> um. Thanks, Nut. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> no doubt. Um, but I I do this thing to where if you talk crap on a player. All of a sudden, they'll just start playing amazing. I'm really good at that, too. We are both really good at that. We went to the uh, LSU baseball game, and the guy behind us like kept on Jordan Thompson's uh, case the whole game. And like somebody was like, dude, why are you like so serious about this? And he was like, he only plays good whenever I criticize him. If I start to praise him, it's over. He's just going to go into a slump. So partially, it's that I'm not that I want to talk crap just to get him to play better because in my mind that's how it works. But uh, on the other hand, I don't think that... I think that prime Jaden, whenever he's hitting, is, can win us a national championship. But the inconsistency doesn't can't win us a national championship. I don't think Nuss is buns, as some have said. Who said that? I believe you said that. <laughs> anyway, okay. um, I don't think Nuss is Buns. I think Nuss is a very good quarterback, and I think if you didn't have the running ability from Jaden Daniels that you do, Jaden Daniels wouldn't be our starter. 
because I think as a passer, Nuss is a better passer. I mean, obviously. Um, but we have Jaden there because right. he's the athlete. That That's what get, I'm saying. That's that what I'm saying. Get like, the job done. Like Jaden Daniels will get it done with his legs. There, there's never been a doubt about that. Is that as a runner, he is a very good runner. Uh, it is concerning how he does put his shoulder down and try to run over people who are 50 pounds heavier than him. Um, luckily, it hasn't led anything yet. Knock on wood um, that he wouldn't get hurt from that. But you call it scary. I call it grit. <laughs> I call it bravery. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I'm I, I'm confident that Jaden Daniels can win us games um, if he is playing like we saw him in the second half of this game or against Mississippi State. If he plays like that, LSU's a really hard team to beat, but the inconsistency does always run in the back of your mind when you're like, man, we do have Garrett Nussmeyer back there who is an absolute gunslinger. Like, let's not, like, let's be honest. Garrett Nussmeyer's arm is something that is really, really, like, it sucks that we don't get to see it every week because he's a very talented passer. However, I'm not in the camp of sitting Jaden. Okay. I just played both sides, by the way. Yeah. My the last take Switzerland. on <laughs> my last take on the LSU Arkansas game is uh we got to see another start from true freshman Whit Weeks. Oh, uh, dog. And I I was complaining for the first two weeks that we didn't have enough freshmen in the lineup and because we had zero starting freshmen. Um we got to see some of uh Lance Thomas not What's heard? Lance heard. Lance Thomas. Lance Thomas. New York um, Knicks legend, Lance Thomas. <laughs> we got to see a lot of Lance Heard against Grambling. I wasn't impressed. Uh, we even saw him a little bit against Mississippi State. I wasn't impressed uh, at right tackle. Um, but I do love the grit, the aggression that Whit Weeks plays with uh, from the linebacker position. They Sometimes they're sending him as an extra pass rusher. Um, honestly, I think that He's a fi- he's the fire that we're missing with Greg Brooks gone, and so I I love the addition of adding a freshman that's just wants to get gritty. Yeah, play wise, um, he reminds me a lot of Quan or Devin White, where he's very versatile, very fast, very good athlete, and y- every play it seems like he's in on. Um, he's 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 really been impressive over the first few weeks of the season. I'm I'm really excited to see where that takes us. Uh, moving on to this upcoming weekend, we've got Ole Miss. Traveling down to Oxford, uh, Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. LSU is first listed as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, what are we looking for in this Ole Miss matchup? Ole Miss coming off a loss to Alabama. Uh, you know, I think Ole Miss looked pretty decent in the first half against Alabama, and then Nick Saban did his, sprinkled his magic, sprinkled his fairy dust onto that team, and they just turned it on in the second half. I think Jackson Dart looked looked pretty remarkable for, for most of the game. Um, so I think that might be something we need to look at. We need to look at containing containing Dart, and not in like a he's mobile kind of way, but in a like give him less options. Like a, our secondary was a problem in in this past game and even in some of the weeks prior against Florida State. Um, so I, I just think we need to we need to be better on the secondary and limit Dart's options. Um. So I've got a. I don't watch much Ole Miss. Chocker. But uh, my good friend loves Ole Miss. Went to Ole Miss. Graduated from Ole Miss. And I had lunch with him the other day, and he kept going on and on about the secondary being the problem. And we saw that against uh, Tulane. Whenever the backup quarterback, I don't even know his name, 
but he he pretty much diced him. Um, and so I feel like we're gonna see similar matchup, which both offenses are gonna be rolling. Both offenses are gonna throw for three hundred plus yards, and so I'm expecting a shootout. I'm not sure if it, if it's gonna boil down to who's come to play defensively or if it's just gonna be who gets the ball last. If we're being honest. Yeah, um, I re- like that's what I was gonna say too. Is it's two inconsistent but explosive offenses. So if both offenses play to their potential, this might be a you know a very very high scoring game. Um, and Ole Miss and LSU's defenses are pretty similar as well, where it's like you watch them and they're a fast, they're a fun defense, but they also let yards go. Um, I, we've seen that against Tulane. We've seen that against Alabama. Um, that we've and then of course from our perspective, perspective we've seen it against Arkansas uh, and Florida State where your defense can play or your defense cannot play um, and you won't be surprised at either so for me um, I'm kind of concerned about this game Um, like we said last week last week was a prove it game but as it turns out this week is also a prove it game um, because Ole Miss is Ole Miss is a ranked team Arkansas was not last year when we played Ole Miss we upset them. We played them pretty darn well, and that was the turning point of our season last year uh, was that Ole Miss game. Um, it was the homecoming game for LSU. I was in the stands. We rushed the field. I did not because I had a sprained LCL and had a knee brace on, um, so I don't know how well that would have worked jumping a fence. But, um, that would have been funny. <laughs> yeah, it would have been funny for everybody else. Uh, but, yeah, that was kind of the turning point of our season. So if if it maybe it's an Ole Miss thing. Maybe when we play Ole Miss – who is, you know, not necessarily one of our biggest rivals, but it's always a school that we play tough against. Um, the old Magnolia Bowl. Yeah, used to be. Not anymore. Um, yeah, I think I think if we can, if we can play like we did um, against Mississippi State, if our defense can take steps forward um, and we get that, that good Jaden Daniels that we're talking about, even if we don't get 100% perfect Jaden Daniels, if we get about... 85 to 90 percent of what Jaden Daniels can do that is a winnable game against Ole Miss um we're gonna go down go around do score predictions as we always do my score prediction for LSU versus Ole Miss I'm gonna go 33 to 30 LSU wins the game cover I'll one-up you okay 35-32 all right cover um LSU of course well, Better right, be, of course. Right, 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 right. Give me. I think it might be a little more more low scoring than that. Uh, give me twenty eight twenty four LSU. All right. So we've got all we've all got LSU winning. We've all got them covering. Um, I mean, are we a little biased? Yes, but also I think we can. I think we can do it. Uh, the Dutt does not have confidence Jesus. in LSU. Uh, has us losing forty-one to thirty-one from uh, from the rafters. Dustin just dropped in and dropped that bomb <laughs> on us. Unfortunately, <laughs> well, um, look, truthfully, if we give up forty-one points, we probably deserve to lose. True, um, very true. Bet the over, no matter what it is. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you, sound man. <laughs> um, you know, another team that covered this past weekend, but unfortunately didn't bring out the win, was the Saints, um, our our other favorite team. And while we did cover, um, as we'll talk about in the betting segment. Um, an absolute fourth quarter collapse out of the New Orleans Saints. We're going up 17 to nothing at halftime. Derek Carr uh, unfortunately goes down late in the second quarter. And um, we have found out now that it's an AC joint sprain. He'll be out 
uh, for an undetermined amount of time. They're still leaving it open for him to play this Sunday. I highly doubt it. Um, I would expect it one to two weeks, and then he'll make his return. So we'll be with Jameis for now, uh, who we saw in the game. Didn't play terrible, but we did not win. Jordan Love decided to win that game for the Green Bay Packers, uh, put the team on his back. We lose 18-17. to 17. What did we see in that New Orleans Saints game? The biggest takeaway is the... <laughs> the biggest takeaway is that we... That the worry of the offseason that we didn't make an offensive coordinator change has reared its neck yet again. Um, we have the ball on the 35 with a minute 30 left, and it's first and 10, and we run three pass plays in a row. That's just unacceptable. We That was a, our chance to go up and win. Um there's no way that you don't run the ball in first and second down. And if you're close enough, you run the ball again. If not, you try to get the first down. And you that's how you're just going to have to play it. But to have your backup quarterback in the game and to sit there and throw three – yeah, uh, just sit there and throw three pass plays in a row when the game's on the line is just unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree. I mean, you've got less than two minutes left. You are down by one point, and you're in field goal range. I think, I mean, obviously none of us are NFL coaches, um, but I think almost anybody else in that in that determination goes. You know what? Let's just run the ball three times here, and then we 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 go we go all in or all out on our kicker, um, which we ended up doing anyway. He did miss Blake Groupie, however. Um, it's a 46-yarder that he kicks. If we, I think if we run three straight run plays, we get it down into the 30s probably. Um, even if you get two yards on each of those runs, you're looking at a 40-yard field goal over a 46-yard field goal. Six yards is a big difference in kicking the football. That's a difference in a normal field goal and one that's close to an NFL record uh, when you look at like a 64 versus a 58. Um, so for me, I think the play calling was just not great. While Jameis didn't play terrible, you can't put 18 passes on him in the second half when we should have ran the ball. I mean, yeah, like Byron's or Mustang, I should say, as as the OTD people know, um, should have ran the ball in general more. I agree. Kendra Miller's first game back, we we should have show we should have let him show off what he got. Uh, Kendra Miller, Tony Jones scored two touchdowns for us against Carolina. Like, let's just run the ball. Let's see what's happening. We're winning the game. And yet we pass the ball and we keep time on the clock because we keep throwing incompletions. We simply should have just ran the ball more and I feel like we would have came out with a win. Pete Carmichael should be on the hot seat in my opinion. Kendra was nine attempts for 36 yards, which is an average of 3.88 yards per carry, which gets you the first down. So you're telling me (laughs) we could have got a first down and then kicked a field goal. That would have been about 38 yards long. Correct. I think I think the whole situation is just super unfortunate. I mean, we play pretty well in the first half. Defense looks incredible the first half. Shahid gets the, the return for the touchdown in the first half, but then Carr goes down in the first half. And that's where our problem starts because once you lose that quarterback, I think Carmichael just got really flustered. He's like, what do I do? What do I do? We lose our quarterback again. Um... So, uh, I don't think Jameis was necessarily bad. I think the scheming as a whole was kind of rough, yeah. like like you guys were saying. 
Um, so like we got we got outscored eighteen nothing in the second half. Um, and even though we groupie misses that field goal at the end, I mean, there was a whole lot of game before that. Um, oh yeah. And truthfully, the offense didn't look perfect in the first half. They haven't looked perfect yet this whole season. Um, but because we kind of caught them on their heels, the 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 Saints they go up pretty big pretty early so it's just unfortunate all you can do is kind of brush that off uh start looking at next week yeah the thing i hate the most um i'll say is that a lot of people on social media are blaming blake groupie and blaming Jameis winston for the loss it's neither of their fault in my opinion no not and i don't think it's the defense's fault either because here's the thing yes the defense allows 18 points in the second half but the d the defense is like the defense was on the field most of the second half. Oh, we're going to get to that, Mustang. Don't you worry. Um, the defense was on the field most of the second half. They're tiring out. They're not going to be able to stop them the entire game. And also, in my opinion, if you hold a team to 18 points in the NFL, you should be able to trust your offense enough to win a ball game. Um, I, that's just my opinion. In the current NFL where points are scored more than we ever see, if your defense can hold them to 18 points, zero in the first half, that defense is playing well enough to win you a football game. And we just didn't. And I think it, we said it all last year, and we were hoping things would change with more chemistry and more time, but it just seems to come down to coaching where when we get into crunch time and it's time to, you know, really turn on that last little switch to make sure we win a football game, I don't think we have that. Preach. Fair. All right. There we go. Uh, quick shout out to Alante Taylor. Yes, uh, he was all he was all over the field in that game. I mean, he looked like a, a, a DB one in that game. So shout out to him stepping up with uh, who was it? A Debo that was out. Yeah, Debo was out. Stepping up and filling a pretty big role, um, a more prominent role in this defense. So shout out to Alante Taylor. Yeah, um, you know, if you follow us on Twitter off the underscore dome pod, um, you would know that we're part of the No Network, and the No gives a player of the game after every Saints game. So follow, obviously, at B in the know. And um, Alante Taylor was the, the player of the game for the Saints. Um, every week we do that. Um, thankful to, you know, everybody in that network. Uh, Justin Watson, Saints UK, uh, does a lot of the Saints work, so shout out to those guys. Um, but Alante Taylor definitely had a great game. I know that Mustang was very, very excited about it because <laughs> no man has ever been a bigger fan of Alante Taylor than Mustang. Um, and he's called it from the beginning, so we have to give him his flowers. Um, so, you know, I did Alante Taylor let up a couple passes that I saw. Yes. But also when you have like six pass breakups and almost pick and you're stopping people in the run game and getting sacks. I mean, he was all over the field, looked absolutely fantastic. Um, I think he got his place to shine. Marshawn Lattimore still playing like one of the best corners in football. Um, so that, that defense is not a question in my brain right now. There's nothing wrong with the Saints defense. I mean, if we had a, an even serviceable offense, I think this defense can carry carry us to a playoff win. It's just it, we have to figure out the offensive problems we have going on. I hate Mustang sometimes. Giving himself flowers. Yeah, he's giving himself flowers this guy in the chat. just put flower emojis in the chat. To himself. I'm sick. That's why he's not on this podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, we kicked, the, we kicked him off. Yeah, he's gone. No longer... No longer uh, on here, even though we're currently using his room to film. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, so 
you know, let's look forward on the Saints rather than looking in the past now. We're playing the Buccaneers on Sunday, a team that is also 2-1. Uh, Pretty big a, game. We have a three-way tie for first in the NFC South right now. However, the tiebreaker technically does go to the Falcons. Um, if the season were to end today, just because they have a divisional win um, by more points than we have a divisional win by. Crazy tiebreaker. I saw it today on uh, on the X, some would say. Um, but uh, one point I did want to bring up, thankful to Soundman in the chat for bringing it up before I did, uh, Alvin Kamara's coming back uh, in this game against the Buccaneers. He, you know, he's really excited to be back, as we saw on social media, um, you know, posting videos and photos of himself coming back. Um had a whole meme about him getting out of prison. Some good um, memes. Some good memes, indeed. Alvin Kamara's excited to be a saint, excited to be back. Um, I'm excited to have him back. I think he brings a new wrinkle into the offense that we haven't seen yet. Um, so looking forward to this Buccaneers game. Um, I believe we're opening at three-point favorites right now. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to on Sunday? Um, I'm looking forward to to facing a Bucks team who has looked kind of challenging uh, thus far. I mean, Baker, he's looked pretty good. Um, and I think our goal to to are we in Tampa Bay? Uh, we're gonna be in New Orleans. Oh, that's that's a, a much better situation for us. Um, I think <laughs> I think uh, competing against this Bucks team is gonna come down to whether the defense can continue doing what they've been doing and and contain the offense the Bucks have been doing. Um, I think it's gonna be a really low scoring game. Um, and um. That, that would be great. I think every Saints game for the rest of the year, you might want to take the under. Just because that's kind of how, right. how it feels right now. I think Alvin Kamara is, is going to add another level to this offense that they're going to struggle to handle. So I'm excited. Uh, I think it'll, it'll go well for the Saints if, if all of our guys click where they need to be. Yeah, I think Kamara coming back gives us – exponential value out of the uh, running back room with Jamal Williams being on IR, right? He's on IR? Yes. Um, so you know, you're not relying on Tony Jones Jr. and a rookie. Um, but I do think that if Jameis gets to start this week, this is going to be his, basically his two-year anniversary of when the Bucks tore his ACL. And he once played for the Bucks, so I'm expecting a revenge game from Jameis Winston. Seven touchdown game? I wouldn't say seven, <laughs> but I do think that there's going to be moments that we're going to be like, oh, yeah, this guy was our starter two years ago, and we were happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Listen, you know how I feel about Jameis. I've made that very clear throughout his Saints career. I think that we can expect no, – we're, we'll, I won't be shocked if we get a three to four touchdown game out of Jameis. That would be wonderful. I mean, has Carr even thrown three to four in the season? Yes. I mean, okay, fair. <laughs> I, um, say, I think Shahid does too, and Olave has too. Olave doesn't have one. Oh. Found that out today. Wow. I think I know. It I know. Feels Jimmy like Graham. he has like four. Yeah, he <laughs> has. He. Um, I found Just out today that catches. he has the most yards in the league without a touchdown. Out of any player in the league, he has the most all-purpose yards without a touchdown. Wow. He has um, two. Graham has one. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. Yeah. Uh, so so here's my here's my things to look for in the Bucks game. Uh, number one, when is this offensive line going to figure it out? Hey. Um, because that is a thing. No, I, I understand Trevor Penning had his best game to date. I understand that. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> it was. It was. He had his best game to date. Congratulations to Trevor Penning. That doesn't change the fact that 
the Saints offensive line is playing like a bottom five unit in the league right now. Like, let's be honest. Rashawn Gary got three sacks, two of them being on who's supposed to be our best offensive lineman and Ryan Ramchek. And not only that, but I saw multiple plays. We had five blockers against four rushers, and we got pressured and sacked on one of them. I mean, there's no excuse for that. I think the communication's off between the O-line. I, I don't know. You know, Cesar Ruiz going down early in the game didn't help us having to switch around that line. You know, I think we moved Hurst to right guard, put Pete in at left. Um, so that doesn't help us, for sure, not having a healthy offensive line. Um, but Hurst and Pete have played enough games in the NFL where they should be able to step in and play their role. And we just didn't see we just didn't see the offensive line succeeding. Um, and that's it's not a great situation to be in when you're going against the Tampa Bay line that has a lot of talent on it. Um, you know, we've got Vita Vea and Kalijah Kansi. Kalijah Kansi's a rookie, but he got drafted in the first round for a reason, even though Reese doesn't like him. Um, I mean, I, I think I think it'll be a challenge. If the O-line can figure out how to keep up Jameis Winston, I think it'll be a much better game than we're um, expecting. I would still take the under. However, adding in Kamara, a player that Pete Carmichael is familiar with, um, if the O-line can stand up, and I know our defense is going to come to play. Score predictions, I'm going to go Saints 23, Buccaneers 17. That's very similar to like what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like Saints twenty four, Bucks, like fourteen. Yeah. Blake Group is going to go perfect this week. By the way, perfect. Um, After missing that field goal last week, he's going to take it to heart. He's going to go perfect. Yep. Yeah, I agree that the Saints offensive line is going to have a challenge this week with edge rushers like Shaq Barrett and. An interior rush that no matter what is going to get the push, or they'll they're they're known for stopping the run. Um, Eric McCoy had a tough week last week because we started uh, we started sliding towards Rayshon Gary, and that uh, left McCoy one on one with Clark. I forget his first name. Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark, and that resulted in a sack. I'm expect, and so I do think that these the five guys we got are dogs i think that they are grinders i think that um our offensive line coach isn't going to let them just stew on that mind you our offensive line coach is a former nfl head coach in doug marone who had some success in the nfl so it's kind of it's kind of odd to see but continue i don't think he's going to let them stew on that i think that we might see and we've already saw saw um a great improvement from week to week from Trevor Pinning and so I expect to see that from week to week from the entire offensive line this week and so that's why I think that the Jameis Revenge game is going to happen my final score prediction 28-20 all right that might be that's an over I believe 28-20 has to be I don't I don't know what the line's at but we can talk about that in just a second but I say you're Um, telling me 48 is going to be the line no it's going to be like 40 on the dot Oh, Dustin, you oh, have Dutt. fallen for my trap card. Oh, oh my God. Dutt. I have Dustin no idea. Dustin just commented, honest opinion on Brissee versus Nolan Smith after three games. I'm going to let him go while I look up Nolan Smith's stats. <laughs> talk about Please do that because I have <laughs> no idea Brissy. what Nolan Smith is doing. But I think that Brian Brissee, we didn't see. He might have had like 50% of snap shares uh, last week. But the two weeks before, we saw some great pressure from the inside, and that's what you drafted him for. Um, 
he's kind of a guy that really wants to get involved in every play. And so, like, we see him, even if the play's over, he's going to run to the ball. Right. And so I personally love a guy that will get out and go. And I think that Brian Brissett has some potential to be one of the best pass rushers in the middle. Um, yeah. Okay. I personally love it. Um, first of all, don't we tell have me to, that he has like six. No, no. no. First of all, me. have to acknowledge the chat where uh, Soundman said four to two bucks. Um, <laughs> it's going to be triple s- safety, six safety, uh, three safeties in the game. Um, lots of booms in the chat as well. Um, so Nolan Smith on the year um, has one tackle. <laughs> yeah, uh, take that. No other stats. Take that. No other stats. Just one tackle. Guess uh, who has Brian, a half sack? Listen, as a guy who hated on Brian Brzee from the beginning, I have, he started to grow on me. Is it partially because I live with you and I have to hear about Brian Brzee 19 times a day? Yes. Do you want to watch his high school film? Because it's no. great. Uh, <laughs> is it also it because I think he's playing better than I expected him to this early in his career? Also, yes. So I'm impressed with Brian Brzee. Um, I'm going to trust the Saints made the right pick there. Um, and I am I just love our defense. Speaking of interior D-linemen, I'm impressed by Nathan Shepard recently. Hey, he's been fantastic. Shout out Nathan Shepard. Um, our defense really has been good. Uh, I, you can't hate on the Saints defense whatsoever. Cam Jordan was trying to put the blame on himself on Twitter like he always does. And well, I'm like, I'm like captain. Cam, he's a captain yeah, of no. the team. Captains do that. And, you know, he got paid this offseason. He's on his last run here. Um, he's going to retire. He's going to be a lifetime saint. And you've got you've to gotta love the attitude that he brings to the team. But the blame shouldn't be put on them. Uh, the blame shouldn't be put on any one person for this past game. There's a big, you know, collaboration of problems. It was um, only, like, not to be overlooked, it was the first home game at Lambeau of the year. Yeah. Like, I mean, the energy there is is unbelievable towards the Packers, and they haven't lost at home on their opening game in a while, I think they were saying. Yeah, I think it's been like 18 straight home openers or something. Yeah, so like the odds were already stacked against the Saints. They they have that magic juju energy going on. I don't know. Last point um, about the Saints before we move on to our next segment. Um, The Buccaneers last night played uh, ended up losing to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, only scored, I believe, 11 points. Uh, one of those kind of being like a last six-minute touchdown where the Eagles were kind of, you know, taking their foot off the gas pedal. Um, so that is a good look for the Saints as well, that the Buccaneers kind of had their worst game going into the next week. Um, mm-hmm. So we've all got the Saints winning. Um, we've got LSU winning. we got the Saints winning. So we're being homers, but I think it's also two very winnable matchups. So we're not trying to be too, too biased here. Well, they, they knew we weren't going to. Yeah, LSU I mean, we're not going to pick against them um, until we get to some games later in the season that we might have to. Um, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm talking about myself. Um, anyway, let's let's talk about something we did a lot better on than the Saints did. Um, we we had some wins this past weekend, and that's when that's when we talk about the rhythm and blues bets of the week. Um, and then we've got clown, we've got clown car in here too. That's what y'all are calling them, the rhythm and blues. That's bets the name. Of the week. It was B and B, and now it's R and B. R and B is rhythm and blues. So here we go. Um, oh, that's that's very true. I wonder what that stat was then, Byron. It, it's it's some crazy stat because we yeah, did. Jordan Love came in. And the we end did of that absolutely game and it didn't look great. We did absolutely beat them. Week one, a few. Years. I don't remember. I want to say it was week two though. Like I don't think that it was the opener because I remember them saying the same stat during yeah. the game. I don't. Well. We'll we'll have to do some research. Who knows? We're ballparking it. Um, They're historically good at home. Last week's bets. So, uh, I went three for four on my legs of the parlay. And, of course, we we advertise these as parlay, but you can take them as straight bets, too. 
um, if you want to guarantee money rather than, you know, getting a lump sum. Um, but last week, you know, we did our four-leg parlay. Uh, each of us went two NFL, two college. Um, I ended up hitting three of my legs. Uh, Notre Dame plus three and a half hit. Chargers plus one and a half hit. And Steelers plus two and a half hit. Uh, the only one I lost was UCLA plus three and a half. Uh, that was three points away from hitting. So not great on uh, that losing leg, but I did hit three out of four. I also hit three out of four. Saints plus two. Eagles minus five and a half, right? Mm-hmm. And... I don't even remember the college bets. Uh, you hit on Florida State minus two and a half, yes. and you missed on Ole Miss plus seven. Correct. So um, another so three for four. That means we are we are introducing a new thing into the podcast, and we get to share it this week. If you wouldn't mind uh, grabbing our betting belt back here. Um, so each week, whoever wins gets to hold the belt in the next episode. The IC title, huh? It's it's kind of crazy. I'm holding this belt while I'm wearing a uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. UNT football jersey. Ooh. Um, so so that's my jersey going on. Reese, why don't you tell us about your jersey before we keep going? Uh, I've got Keenan Allen's college jersey. Which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, and then um, We'll definitely talk about him in our Fantasy Five. And then Lot, why don't you... Uh, talk about that glorious jersey. Um, well, this is uh, uh, an old school Bob Fothergill jersey. Um, if, if you've seen me on the pod before, you know that's my guy. I like Bob Fothergill a lot. I think he was so talented. Um, you know that, that's what I'm rocking with. You get, you know, I gotta, I gotta rep the 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 old guys because nobody remembers them. So, I do. I mean, <laughs> hey, I know you do. 170 out of 240 baseball Hall of Famers or whatever you did before this started. Oh my God, I was doing a Sporkle quiz trying to name all of the MLB Hall of Famers, and I I only got 170 out of 264. Man, in my prime. I'm way past my prime. In my prime, I would He's get like past 230. I would get like 230 out of 264. You're getting old, man. I'm getting old, man. Uh, so this week we're going to do our parlays again. Um, before we talk about our own, we're going to talk about Soundman, who if you've been watching us for a while, you know Soundman is an absolute dog when it comes to betting. Um, he did a little two-leg parlay. He did uh, the Bengals game um, this upcoming weekend. He's going to be he's gonna be taking the Bengals spread. So that's Bengals minus two and a half and under 40 and a half. So Bengals minus two and a half, under 40 and a half. The Bengals are taking on uh, the Tennessee Titans this weekend, um, which is a rematch of that AFC divisional we saw a couple of years ago. That was a close game back then. Um, Minus two and a half, under 40 and a half. Get that at, uh, I believe it was plus 268, I think he said. Um, And then, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I like it. Uh, the under, I love that. And then uh, our, our boy Mustang also dropped a, a parlay in the chat. Um, Detroit Lions minus one and a half, taking on the Packers on Thursday night with an over in that matchup as well. So two legs coming on Thursday, Detroit Lions spread and over 45 and a half. Um, and then two more NFL games. He's got the Commanders at plus eight and a half. And then the Vikings minus three and a half. Commanders, I believe, are taking on the Eagles. Yes, Eagles. <laughs> Uh, Commanders plus eight and a half, and then uh, in the Vikings matchup where they're taking on the uh, Carolina Panthers, he's got them at minus three and a half, and that's a four leg parlay for plus ten eighty. So that's where we're sitting for their bets. If you want to listen to Mustang and Soundman, go ahead and throw some money on those. You can also take them as straight bets. We trust every leg. So why don't we go ahead and start off with Clown Car over here? 
And why don't you tell us about your parlay you got us set up with? Okay, let me pull it out. You guys are going to love this parlay. I'm just letting you know. It's um, it's juicy. Got a four-leg parlay. Quick little four-leg. It's all NFL spreads. Um, so, I am also on the Detroit Lions. The Lions have looked really good. Um, and I think they're going to be hard to beat. <coughs> I'm sorry. Um... Next, I have Atlanta. I have Atlanta over the Jags, plus three. I think the Jags are going to struggle again. They've uh, they've looked really rough. Shout out to C.J. Stroud, by the way. Shout Don't out to forget C.J. who Stroud. told you he's good. Well, while we're shouting out C.J. Stroud, let me tell you about the next leg. I have Houston, plus three um, against the Steelers. I think, the, I think the Texans looked really good last week, and I think their offense looked even better before the week prior. What can I say? Um, and I think the Steelers are, are kind of horrible. I still believe that. Um, and then last, I have the Seahawks. I believe in these Seahawks, but more importantly, I don't believe in the New York Giants. So I have, uh, just to recap, I have Lions minus one and a half, Atlanta plus three, Houston plus three, and Seattle plus one and a half. Uh, as we do, I'm going to you know acknowledge his parlay. Um, I love the Lions, and I love the Seahawks. Love those two bets. If you on the Falcons, just because I feel like the Jaguars are eventually going to figure it out, and if you're going to figure it out, the Falcons might be a good team to figure it out against. However, um, oh gosh, and I love the Houston Texans, but I think the Steelers. I think the Steelers are starting to figure it out. Um, I don't believe I they don't believe. they beat the Raiders. Um, I think the Raiders. They are beat schmucks. the Browns. I think the Browns are schmucks. All right, fair. schmucks. Schmucks. Um, it's it's. It's all I can say. I think the Browns are remarkably inconsistent, and I think the Titans are like, what am I talking about the Titans for? The Jag. Wait, who am I talking about? The Texans. I'm talking about the Texans. I think the (laughs) Texans are great. No, I love the Texans. I'm very excited about what this Texans team has because I was a huge C.J. Stroud guy. Y'all know that. For For what they are, the Texans look pretty good. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, they're tied with the Jags right now as far as... uh, well, actually, they just beat the Jags, so that means they would have the you know second place in the division over them. Shout out to the Houston Texans. Um, but yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not a hundred percent confident on that parlay. But then again, this is the NFL where things do not ever go the way you plan. So honestly, probably a good bet. Rebo, hustle, take us through your parlay. All right, I went the. Traditional route from last week to mm-hmm. NFL to college. Yep. Uh, I'm going to start off in the in college with a dog. Dog. Notre Dame minus five and a half at Duke. I think that Notre Dame put up a great fight against uh, Ohio State. Still think they should have won that game. And I'm not sure if Duke's done anything, anything since beating Clemson. They haven't lost. I mean, yes, but... <laughs> Um, and so uh, I like Duke, I like Notre Dame to win outright, but if you're gonna give me five points, I'll take them. Um, did you just call me Bart? Yeah, he did call you Bart. <laughs> I'm oh my gosh, Mustangs right. in the chat. And call then me, uh, call me Bart. Bart. I'm taking Utah him. plus three and a half against Oregon State. Is Cam um, Rising ever coming back? That's my question. I have no idea. I don't know if anybody knows. Yeah, like I. Every week I look at Utah, he's not playing, and then I try to look up something about him, and they don't say. So I don't know what's going on with Cam Rising. I only took this because Oregon State lost to Washington State. 
this past weekend, and Washington State hasn't been hitting on much. And I think that Utah's just a better football team than Washington State, whether it's backup quarterback or not. Sure. So, uh, plus three and a half, might as well. Sure. On to the NFL. Like Clyde, I have the Lions spread at minus five and a half over the Packers. I think that the Lions have looked like they're starting to click and uh, not just one target as a receiver in Amon Ross St. Brown, but Josh Reynolds has looked really good this year. Um, and then my last part of my parlay is Vikings minus three and a half against the Panthers. I think that we saw we keep seeing more and more from the Vikings each week. Uh, they won a close game last week. I forgot who they played already. Um, but I think that sorry, I think that the Vikings will dominate a Panthers team that is still struggling. Who did they play? Who? The Chargers. The Chargers beat the Vikings, yeah. They lost that game. You're right. right. Um, so, uh, I like Reese's parlay, and you're going to see why here in a second. Um, my two NFL legs are the exact same. Uh, I also have the Lions minus one and a half, Vikings minus three and a half. Uh, y'all know I'm a Lions truther. I absolutely love them. I think Dan Campbell um, is one of the greatest coaches in the league, not from an X's and O's perspective, but a getting players to play for you perspective, creating a culture. Um Dan Campbell's done an absolute great job in Detroit. I think that team all wants it more than a lot of other people do. Um, and I really like the Lions this year. Uh, no, no, I am not shaking. Sam Laporta um, is a fantastic player. I love Sam Laporta. Yeah, you do. That's my guy. And he's been worth every single bit of that draft pick so far. Um, the Minnesota Vikings, are they have to win a game eventually. If they're 0-3 right now which they are way too talented to be 0-3. Kirk Cousins is on pace for 6,000 passing yards. Justin Jefferson has the most receiving yards to three games in NFL history, and they haven't won a game yet. So something's going to happen eventually, um, and I think this is the week to do it. Take it on the Carolina Panthers team without Bryce Young. They, I feel like this is the week the Vikings figured out. Minus 3.5, that half point's kind of crazy because um, this does <laughs> feel like it could come down to a field goal just because the Vikings haven't been clicking on all cylinders yet. However, I'm going to take it. Uh, so I got Lions and Vikings both to, you know, cover the spread in their matchups. And then we go on to the uh, the college landscape. First game I have is uh, the Florida-Kentucky matchup. Um, yeah, I couldn't touch that one with a I, I didn't want hole. to. I didn't want to. But coming off a game where they gritted out a win against Tennessee, I had to go with Florida to cover one and a half. I think they'll win the game outright, and they were getting plus points on the spread. Um, so I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the plus one and a half. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to take that as my first college leg, and then my second college leg. Um, this one comes in the form of uh, a podcast that I absolutely love called Busting with the Boys, and this is the Nebraska versus Michigan matchup that oh is called my. the Bussin Bowl, and I'm taking Nebraska plus seventeen and a half. Uh, Michigan, yeah, probably. Michigan didn't look great against Rutgers last week. Um, they only won the game, I think, by the first half. They didn't look good at all. I think they ended up winning 31-7, to I think, was the final score, which is 24 points. Um, Nebraska would, could probably beat Rutgers if they played today because um, they've picked it up over the past couple weeks. Uh, they might be the best 2-2 two and two team in the country. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, listen, man, I just love Boston. But, yeah, I think <laughs> I think that was just a fun little game to pick. Um 
if you want to turn into a three-leg parlay and leave this leg out, I wouldn't blame you. I'm just trying to have fun here because that's what this podcast is about. Um, but I took Nebraska plus 17 and a half against Michigan um, because I just don't – I don't – Michigan? I don't know. Something about last week's Michigan game with, with Harbaugh coming back didn't look great. Do we want to talk about how good Rutgers looked before playing Michigan? No. No, we don't. Let me live. <laughs> I just want to let it be known. That Rutgers is decent this year. No, no. we're not. Ta- I'm not talking about Rutgers anymore. Let's get a grip. I just want to let it be known that if Florida wins, Bryce, or rather Redfish over here, will be stripped of his LSU Tigers fan club card for one week. Why? Because, dude, you can't be picking Florida. You can't do that. It's not a fandom thing. It's a betting thing. Oh, my God. Bet on someone else then, huh? Bet on someone else. Bet on someone else. All right, so my four-leg parlay, Detroit Lions minus one and a half, Vikings minus three and a half, Florida plus one and a half, Nebraska plus 17 and a half, four legs plus 1168 is the final total. We'll see who gets the betting belt come next week. Oh, it'll be me. I'm just letting you know. Um, we'll see about that. I think mine's going to go three for four. Yeah, um, the Florida one won't hit. No, sure. it's definitely the Nebraska one. I don't know why I picked that looking back on it. But it's fine. We're here to have fun. And then, you know, the last segment that we do on this show, um, everybody's favorite segment, the Fantasy Five, where we talk about fantasy football for five or more minutes. So we're going to get into some fantasy. Um, bet on some. I can't. Nobody's that small. Thanks, Byron. Um, but yeah, fantasy five, talk about fantasy football, five or minute, more minutes, uh, league of record. We'll cover that first and then we'll get into some broader fantasy stuff. Uh, rhythm and blues took a massive W this week, scored the second most points in the league with, I believe one seventy four point seven eight. There it is. Uh, heavily invested in Philly who had a great game last night. The defense gave us quite a bit of points. Jake Elliott had a great game. AJ Brown finally figured it out, had nine receptions for 132 yards, I believe. So one. 131 yards. So, great game. Jared Goff's our quarterback, giving us solid performances. Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders have been iffy, but that doesn't matter when you have the number one fantasy wide receiver in PPR formats right now, Keenan Allen. Yeah. So, uh, the running meme for the past couple years is that I don't think that Keenan Allen's a top five receiver in the league. No, 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 no. Don't uh, think that he's a top 15 receiver in the league? First of all, it's not a meme because it's what you believe. Second of all, it wasn't top five. It was top like 20. It was 15. Okay. I remember this. Okay. All right. So that he's not a top 15 receiver. And I stood on that and it's been true. And now that Keenan Allen is on my team and I put a single grain of rice into the Keenan Allen belief basket. He is having a career year. He threw for a touchdown Sunday. 18 receptions, 215 yards, and a passing touchdown. Had nearly 50 fantasy points. I mean, he's just... I mean, great day out of Keenan Allen. Um, Love to see that. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I have way too many teams this league uh, this year. Um, Just absolutely way too many teams. Um, I am 3-0 in our Dynasty League that we have with our high school people. That you're trying to trade me Derrick Henry for Zach Moss, you said. No, that you were trying to trade me Zach Moss for Derrick Henry. Oh, okay. Um, Get that right. Points-wise, they're... they're I'm, you're getting I, the better deal. Yeah, okay, shut up. 
Uh, Clown Car, why don't you talk about your fantasy experience this year? You want year? me to talk about my fantasy experience? Yeah, tell us what you're thinking. Who's your guy this year? Absolve me if I get a little angry. <laughs> <laughs> Absolve. Because my guy in two of my four leagues is Austin Eckler. Oof. And the other one, one is Derek Henry. Oof. Ouch. Let's... I want you to think about that. Put a pin in it and then push it to the side. Because I'm going to tell you, in my big money league, I'm going to tell you exactly who I was playing against. Over three weeks, I have had 510 points scored against me. (laughs) First week was 170. Second one was 163. And the third one was 168. Week one, I played Tyreek Hill. I play Calvin Ridley. Jesus. I play Brees Hall. And I play about four other guys who score like 40. Week two. Let's see who I got week two, huh? Hey, it can't be that bad. Can't be that bad. Oh, no. I, I play CeeDee Lamb. He only put up 40 that week. Oh, I play Jameer Gibbs. Oh, he put up 30. Oh, I play Justin Herbert. He puts up 40. Hmm. Oh, I play Javante. Oh, he puts up 20. I play Youngway Koo. He puts up 12. Like, what? And this this past week, this past week, I play Lamar Jackson. 46 points. I play James Conner. 20 points. Josh Jacobs. 20 points. Stephon Diggs. 30 points. Addison. 20 points. Brian Robinson. 15 points. Can I catch a break? I I have had the most points scored against me. And it's not close. It's by like 60 points. All I'm asking for is a bone. I need to be thrown a bone here, people. Otherwise, things are going great. In the league that I'm in with Bryce, or Redfish... He stinks. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Got my first win this week. Got my first win. I, you know, I one got my, and two. And, and truthfully, I got my first loss. Hey, we're separated by one game. Uh, I'll tell you what, but the standings tell me I'm better than you. So Yeah, your I'll team that. is better than mine. I'll um, ride that. You know, my team in there isn't terrible. It's just, you know, can't stay consistent. I blame um, the app. Teams. Uh, yeah, we play Yahoo. Like, what are we doing? Um, I blame AJ Brown for the reason I had won the first two weeks. Didn't have great weeks. Um, but then he bounced back this week. I have CMC and Bijan in that league, so I'm not worried about running backs. Lamar had a great week this week. Um, like I said, I got A.J. Brown in there. Uh, Mike Williams just went down for the year, so that's going to hurt my position. But Damian Pierce uh, finally figured it out last week, so I'm putting him into my lineup. And then I just traded for Tyler Lockett, so uh, he'll be inserted in there as well. So I don't feel bad about that team. If I'm 1-2, I'm 1-2. It happens. Um, but... The two leagues that I care about the most, our Dynasty League and Big Money League, I feel good about our teams in those. So, I'm riding the high. Um, let's talk about, you know, maybe maybe your favorite player you have this year that's surprising you, um, if you guys can try to f- figure that out. Um, it doesn't even have to be a player that's on your team, just a guy who you're like, man, he's really had a good year, uh, and I'm really surprised by it. Or if you want to go the opposite way and be a, a negative Nancy. And be like, man, I drafted this guy in all of my leagues and he sucks. Oh, then let's talk about Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Derrick Henry. Let's talk about the Tennessee Titans. And I'm 
I want you to know that I mean this with the utmost sincerity. I have lost sleep over this Tennessee Titans offense. This disgusting, abysmal Tennessee Titans offense. They're using Derrick Henry like he's Joe Schmo down the street and not a 6'4 running back. I draft Derrick Henry. I, it's a salary draft. It's a salary draft in the league I have him. I draft Derrick Henry with a quarter of my budget because I think, oh man, this guy is going to get the reps he usually gets. This guy is going to be great. Newsflash, Adam. That's not the case. Derrick Henry is used like a grade three option. But he's not. He should be used like the number one because guess what? It's Derrick Henry. He's been the reason your offense has kind of succeeded for the last seven years. Give me a break. I need well, something from him. When Clown Car goes on these these uh these tangents, tangents they're 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 a wonderful thing to listen to, I'll tell you that. Oh, oh, and Austin Eckler. I need him to be healthy. Yeah, I need that too. I have him in a couple leagues. Um, okay. Chargers so, miss him. I know that. Uh, so, I I love the passion that you speak with. And I have Derrick Henry in multiple leagues as well. And he is making me angry. Uh, especially in our sleeper league where I don't mean to be that guy. But if you look at my team, it feels like a championship caliber team. And then I have Derrick Henry putting up four points. Um, very hurtful. Um However, my biggest surprise so far... Uh, yeah, Raheem Mostert's a really good one. Thanks, Dutt, in the chat. Um, I do like that one. My biggest surprise so far, and maybe not necessarily a a huge surprise, but a guy who I'm very pleased with that he's performing as well as he is because I have him in... Out of my 11 teams, I think I have him on seven, I counted last night. Uh, Jordan Addison. Um, I have Jordan Addison, lots of shares of him, and I'm very happy with what he's doing because he's locked into my flex position at this point. Um, and he's putting up the points I need him to. Uh, he's wide receiver 22 on the year in most PPR formats, which for a rookie wide receiver to come in and be the wide receiver 22 in the season, that locks you in as a wide receiver two, and I'm using him in the flex. Um, so he's doing great for me. I'm really, really excited about where Jordan Addison's at, and I think he just has all the potential in the world. He scored two touchdowns in the first, he, you know, over the first two weeks he scored a touchdown in each, and then this past week doesn't score a touchdown, but still puts up 16 points. So um, great week out of Jordan Addison, and he's been great every week so far. Um, so I'm really excited to see where he goes. I'm really glad I have him in most leagues. The only league I really want him in is the one I can't get him in, and that's because Mustang has him in our Dynasty League. So if I can figure out a trade for him, I will do anything I can to do that. Send him Derrick Henry straight up. I tried. He, he, he won't go for it. All right. So uh – uh my guy, we may or may not have made a waiver wire claim for, which is the wildest thing. Thank Shout you, out John, John Haley. Thank you so much. In our big money league, our league of record, uh, he drops what is now the tight end two in Sam Laporta for Kareem Ooh. Hunt, who put up like two arm? points last week. Is it shaking? Oh, it's shaking. No, you're still. I'm still. <laughs> 
All right, let's just let's just give a little rundown of what uh what what Sam Mr. Laporte has done. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. Before this, can I can I go can I throw a little shout out to Zach Moss? Yeah, go ahead. I picked up Zach Moss after week one. He's been great, keeping me in these games. Me that in I, Dynasty. I me, also have Zach Moss me in, in these leagues. games that I keep losing. Shout out Zach Moss uh, for being Jonathan Taylor 2.0 for that Colts offense. No, but sorry about that. Tell me tell me about Sam Laporta. Tell me about Mr. Iowa. So week one, we I didn't expect to see much of him. I mean. Because they played the first game of the year. But he still got five targets, went five for five for uh, 39 yards. That's, if you're playing PPR, it's 8.9 points, which is pretty, pretty solid from a tight end position. Yeah, I mean, the tight end position at this point, you have like four guys who will consistently score double digits. After that, you're just throwing the dart at the dartboard and hoping somebody sticks. And then week two, five for six, not bad. Target share is okay. But he had 63 yards. It's 11.3 points. This past week against Atlanta, evidently Jerry Goff only saw Sam Laporta because 11 targets for 8 receptions and 84 yards and a touchdown. That's 22 freaking points. And so... Not even regular points, but freaking points. I know. I'm excited <laughs> that this is my only share of Sam Laporta, and I'm kind of depressed about it, but I'm excited that it is in our league of record. Yeah. I mean, I'm super excited about Sam Laporta. Um... The set, I remember they drafted him while we were at that LSU baseball game. Uh, we were watching the draft from our seats, and I stood up and screamed because my Detroit Lions drafted Sam Laporta and Brian Branch on the same night. <laughs> uh, one of them has a pick six, and one of them is the wider, the tight end two in fantasy football right now. Uh, so great, great time for my Lions. Um, but yeah, I love Sam Laporta as well. I'm really glad that he's on our team. And... You know, but the bad part about having Sam Laporta is he's on our bench right now. So it's because we have George Kittle, who also just had a really good week, and he's in a really good offense. So uh, it's it's hard to say we're going to start Sam Laporta, but also it's really fun to say that he's on our team. So we'll we'll it's have kinda, to navigate those waters. It's kind of tough when you're in a 14-team league and you have tight end 7 and tight end 2, and you really have to play matchups. And then you're looking at this week, the Niners play Arizona. Who knows what happens? Yeah, and then Dutt's got a terrible tight end, so you know he could always make a trade for one of them if he cared. Oh yeah, he could. He's got but Dalton Kincaid, who had two point three points this past week. So if he's if he's looking to help us out, we'll look to help him out. Maybe move George Kittle. Just saying. Maybe Dropping so. hints. Can I, can I throw you guys a little pod of knowledge? Sure. A little, I, a little I love in, a good knowledge pod. A little insight to how unlucky I am in fantasy football. Tell us. In that same league where I have Austin Eckler and Derrick Henry, one is out, the other is putting up career-low numbers. I also have Garrett Wilson loses his quarterback on the first play of the year, a Hall of Fame quarterback in that, and now he has fighting BYU throwing at him. (laughs) Zach Wilson going after Cougars. He doesn't know how to throw a football. And you know who my wide receiver two is? Jalen Waddle. Concussed. Concussed. I cannot. It's a bad time. I cannot. Catch a break. You know who the best player on my team is? The Saints defense. Wow. The Saints defense. Wow. They put up great points every a, single week. That's a bad time to be a fantasy football player. I, I, I honestly feel bad for you right there. Dude, I can't do anything about it. All I have, all I can do, keep playing my, keep playing my game. Fair. That, uh, that's all you can do. I'm a good GM, and I know it. Hey, that's the spirit. That's all I can do. Any last thoughts before we head on out of here off this OTD episode, boys? 
Byron said, uh, or Mustang said, Clown Car. October is right around the corner. That's yeah, true, is. y'all. Uh, we didn't get much into baseball in this episode, but baseball playoffs is happening very soon. When do they officially start? October 1st, I think. So this weekend? Yeah. Okay. And, and this is the last week of the regular season. And then we're, we're looking at a, a pretty impressive playoff race. Um, keep an eye on the AL wild card as this uh, as the season winds down. Houston is in by uh, like one and a half games. So if Seattle can turn it on after that horrible series against the Rangers, um, Seattle can sneak in or Houston can fall out. Or And I think the Rangers have really locked themselves into a playoff spot. So just keep an eye on that. All the divisions are are locked up like we have our division winners but that's that's really something you need to look at um take a peek at the nl wild card as well these are some fun wild card races uh the reds cincinnati reds kind of just got knocked out it's very close they're two and a half games back but that probably won't happen and the and the cubs uh, mustangs clubs <laughs> mustangs cubs looks like they're gonna make the playoffs rebos padres will not we knew that in december <laughs> uh, so, just to back up everything he said, uh, AL wild card right now, Tampa Bay's in. Toronto is a game and a half above, so looking like they're in. And then that last matchup is coming down to Houston or Seattle. Seattle's a game and a half back. Um, so, that's kind of what we're looking at in the AL. In the NL, Phillies are in. Arizona and Chicago are both 82 wins right now. Uh, Miami's at 81, so that's kind of anybody's race, but... Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say Arizona and Chicago are probably going to hold on to those spots. Yeah, probably. The problem is is that Chicago gets the Braves. Oof. Best team in baseball. So if the, However. If the Cubs mess around and get swept, that leaves a, a door open for the fish. However, the uh, the Braves are the number one team in the NL right now. So do you think they still play at full power, or do they kind of just that's sit a, back and hold guys? That's a great question. Uh, me personally, if I was a manager, I mean, I'd, I'd play my guys. You got to keep your guys hot going into the postseason, especially yeah. after the regular season. There's going to be a few game break, and the Braves they're going to have a bye, so like they need to get as much baseball, as much good baseball as they can. So, I'd play Acuna, I'd play Riley, I'd play Olson, I'd play all those guys. So, uh, last thing here, let's go ahead and give a random World Series winner just for fun. Random World Series winner? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll list off all the teams just so we both know because I wouldn't know unless I looked at them either. Baltimore, Tampa Bay, the Rangers, the Blue Jays, the Astros, and the Twins seem to be the in the AL. Uh, and then in the NL, we've got the Braves, the Phillies, uh, the Brewers, the Cubs, the Dodgers, and the Diamondbacks. So that looks like the teams we're going to get uh, out of each side. Who do we think is going to win it all. It's a boring pick. Give me Braves or Dodgers. I mean, they look the best. I think the Braves have a an incredible offense, best offense in the league. They have the MVP in Ronald Acuna Jr. They have the home run leader in Matt Olson. They have like a million guys with double-digit home runs. My, my only concern for the Braves is if their starting pitching will hold up down the stretch of the playoffs. Um... And I, and I, truthfully, I have that same concern with the Dodgers. Um, so if they play each other, I think it's going to be uh, a beautiful matchup. I think it'll be uh, a pretty, a pretty offense-heavy series, and that's going to be really fun to watch. So yeah. I'd look for one of those two teams. I don't think, 
the ALs winning this year. Not me, personally. Unfortunate. Gotta love the AL, especially the East. Best division in baseball. <laughs> what you got, Rebo? I'm useless, but I'm taking the Braves. All right. Um, my pick has been, for a very long time, Braves versus Rangers in the World Series. Um, the Rangers' bullpen really scares me. Um, it feels like every time they go, they kind of similar to the Padres. Every time they go into a game or go into the later innings up by a few runs, they kind of let them, they let other people score. Um, and I don't think you can do that in the playoffs. So I don't love the Rangers. Um, I want to, I don't want to be the, the third one here taking the Braves. So just to be different, I am going to go with lots, not his favorite team, uh, but a team he has repeatedly said he needs them to work out for his sanity. Give me the Orioles to go ahead and do it. Yes. Go, you know, if anybody's going to do it and make this run, let it be the Orioles, man. 97 wins this year. Uh, have the chance to break that 100 mark um, if they can sweep this next series. Um, you know, I love give, that pick. You know, let, let's be fun with it. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's go, man. Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman, just a fun team. Dogs. Um, and... While, you know, it doesn't sound much of a uh, a Red Sox fan to hope the AL East wins, um, I like every team in the AL East except for the Y team. So I'm I'm fine with it. Uh, so so go ahead. Give me the Orioles to win the whole dang thing. Love that. Got to close this out with some baseball talk. And we'll Love talk it. more probably next week if Clown Car repeats uh, on the pod more about baseball um, just because – it's going to be the playoffs. We'll cover that in that episode. Talk more about it once we get into the, the later stages of it. Um, this has been a very fun pod. Very informative pod. I think we've, we've gotten some opinions out. And as always, we've gotten the hot takes off the dome. Oh, sorry. Uh, so, we missed no, that one. It's okay. I, I said it. Um, the Vikings? The Vikings? Oh, and three. Um, <laughs> can't catch a break. You make no, you one can't. prediction and it's uh, over, man. Well, I said the Blue Jays were winning the World Series last year, and we know how that went. So, anyway, um, as always, follow us on Twitter, off the underscore dome pod. It is the best place to follow us. Um, it is now known as X, but I'm still going to call it Twitter. Um, that is where we do the most posting, um, and it's the easiest for us. So, if you want to, you know, always stay in touch with us over at OTD, make sure to follow us on there. Uh, growing every day. Very excited about it. And that's thanks to our boys uh, with the No, the No Network. That's growing every day. Getting bigger and bigger and very excited about it. Tons of podcasts, articles, fun stuff going on. I mean, just just a great place to be and we're very happy to be a part of it. So make sure to follow at Be In The No on Twitter. Everybody who's associated with it, Ethan, Dave, Patty, the new uh, podcast we're bringing on with uh, Nick Anderson, former Tulane player. Uh, talking that yeah make sure to pay attention to everything we've got going on at the no network k-n-e-a-u-x the only way to spell it be in the know uh always follow otd on facebook on twitter we are very excited about everything happening um i have been redfish i've been rebo hustle i have been clown car and you've seen mustang Soundman, and dutt in the chat big old group here celebrating otd celebrating the saints and we will see you next time